and welcome to the Carnage Report, where we bring you the latest on all things horror-related, keeping you up to date with the news you can use. I'm Julie Holland. And I'm Nick Spacek. The Carnage Report is part of the Cinepunks podcast family. Go to Cinepunks.com to find entertainment news, reviews, and other great podcasts like Horror Business, Twitch of the Death Nerve, and Tomb of Ideas. If you want to help support Cinepunks and ultimately this show, you can become a Cinepunks, Cinepunks Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash Cinepunks, which is C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X. Also, please go check out these great sponsors like Essex Coffee Roasters. Essex Coffee Roasters offers specialty grade coffee roasted to order for the most fresh and delicious home brewing experience. Essex is committed to accessible quality coffees, offering education on coffee and brewing to all of their customers. Essex Coffee Roasters believes you don't have to be a coffee expert to enjoy a great cup of coffee. Right now, if you go to EssexCoffeeRoasters.com and use the promo code CINEPUNKS, you get 10% off your order. Another great sponsor is Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations, the premier screen printer of the Lehigh Valley, but also maybe the world. They are personable, professional, and the only place where you can get punk rock attitude with professional service and printing. Check them out at XLVACX.com. It is now time for the setup where we learn things about ourselves <laughs> each other um and this week's uh getting to know you question because this is our valentine's day episode uh my question is what is the worst date you've ever had this is a great question um first i would say that i haven't had a lot of what i would call dates but i've certainly had terrible encounters um <laughs> staying with the date trope i will go with the time that i was on a date and didn't realize till halfway through that it was a date. <laughs> I had I had moved to Lawrence after college, um, and I didn't really know anyone in town, with the exception of one of my dear college friends' twin brother. And so, you know, he and I would hang out from time to time. He would help me with my car, things like that. I didn't think much of it. He invited me to go see a comedian with him in Kansas City, and I was like, sure, that sounds fun. We'll grab dinner. Great. I think somewhere between dinner and the comedian, I realized that I was on a date that I had not meant to be on and that I also couldn't hurt this guy's feelings because he was the twin brother of a dear friend of mine and my only friend in town. And uh, to top it off, as an awkward person who hates attention, my worst nightmare is sitting front row at at a live comedian. And that's where we were. And because I was stressed out about finding myself on this date, I wasn't apparently laughing enough for my date's taste and he got really angry at me and the car ride home was very tense and uh i don't think i don't think we kept hanging out as friends but it did not hurt my friendship with his brother who i'm still friends with today <laughs> so how about you what's your worst date when i was a sophomore at ku there was a girl who lived in my dorm uh and uh, worked with at the front desk and I was like hey like finally I was like okay I'm, I'm gonna ask her out like which is rare like I I have you know dated a lot of people before I got married and stuff like that but like I never like I have gone out on very few like dates where yeah, just real dates cold and you know asking someone out and like making plans and everything and so what we did was I was like hey do you want like we went to Oak Park and went to like Build-A-Bear and it was, like the cheesiest thing in the world now here was the problem in order like i would like to get money for it i had uh i was waiting on a check like i was in between paychecks and so what i had to do is i had to drive and meet my mom to get money and i was just Mm -hmm. like oh my mom owes me money like i gotta go get that uh i don't think she bought it um (laughs) and then when we're driving to oak park uh I we were like in the middle of a conversation I didn't realize we're going down K7 and I'm doing like 75 and so got pulled over got a speeding ticket for like $125 and this is 1999 money so yeah so then that happens and we go to Build-A-Bear and it's just kind of weird and then we go out to dinner afterwards and we just went to like the Applebee's there by Oak Park and like she wasn't like into anything on the menu and uh, it just like real how can you not find something you like at Applebee's that's the allure of Applebee's Mm -hmm. it might not be the best of anything but it's got something for everyone yeah you think I was like oh this is a safe bet yeah 
No, no. And then on the way home, uh, I missed an exit, and so we got lost. And had, like it was just like a start to finish clusterfuck. And so like we got we got back to the dorm, and she was just like, "Well, uh, thanks," and <laughs> goes off. And I had let um some friends just I was just like, "Yeah, you guys can hang out in my room." And so like I get back, and my room has like five people watching movies. <laughs> like just hanging out like and uh they're like how'd the date go and i was like it was fucking terrible bad <laughs> and then i hung out with them watching movies for the rest of the night and like managed to rescue the night but like it was very awkward although me and uh the, this woman are uh friends on facebook still so oh, that's nice uh, yeah it's but oh god that story does remind me that i did have a date where the 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 fella picking me up got pulled over in my driveway while picking me up <laughs> which should have been a red flag and wasn't spent a few months with that guy all of it chaotic <laughs> oh to be 19 again see see that's the thing it's like this is definitely like, this is a demonstration that this segment it can even if it's not a horror question can be <laughs> still horror. end in horror <laughs> it's still oh man i i i don't know but yeah i'm definitely like every time i talk to friends who are like still dating like oh my god uh, i'm just like oh god no yeah married (laughs) i i mean if something happened to me and rob i think i would just hermit like there's i don't think i could do the app thing i try i actually did try you can use bumble to make friends Mm -hmm. and so i kind of tried that because i wanted like some knitting friends i'm i'm 80 years old and i was like i just want some friends who like do the same thing i do i love my friends but it'd be cool to have one or two who also knit and it was terrifying and i was just looking for friends not even a date and i was like oh i hate this i'm off of this immediately i'll join a group or something i don't know (laughs) yeah not for nothing that everybody i know who has dated through apps have ended up like meeting like the people they're in like relationships now like through friends of friends <laughs> like it's yeah. like nobody i know has like managed to be like oh yeah we met uh you know on tinder or whatever i do know a couple that got married last summer that met on bumble and they seem to really work out for them they're i don't know five or so years younger than me maybe that's the difference but even that's not that young i don't i guess it works for some people but i don't think i, I have the personality online, for it so on I, live journal yeah that that feels different though <laughs> I mean, I definitely made friends on LiveJournal. I mean, I've made friends going way back to Friendster. I've made friends on all the social media apps. I As terrible as they are sometimes, I wouldn't trade them because I have so many internet friends that are, I consider real true friends, even if I've never met them in real life. Uh, Twitter is how I met all of the Cinepunks people. And yeah. Yeah, we're here. Yep, yep. If you've got Look any. Us go horror stories uh about uh dates let us know like um it'd be uh, i mean you know we we can always troll the relationship subreddit but i mean good god uh, <laughs> love to hear love to hear some, from some of our listeners about yes or what would be fun did you have a terrible date but then you ended up giving it another shot and that's like your partner now that'd oh, be fun stories oh yeah uh, uh snatching victory from the jaws of defeat exactly <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, hit us up on socials. Mm-hmm. They exist. And now it's time for New Nightmares. Um, This is our roundup of trailers, things that are new to streaming, coming soon to theaters, so on and so forth. Um, We have a bunch of trailers because there's not a lot of horror news, uh, but the news we have is actually some fun stuff. We're kicking off some trailers. And we're going to start with something that looks, I think, pretty fun. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it. We are the podcast for all of your vampire news. (laughs) (laughs) There's a new movie coming out. We actually don't have release information just yet. It is called Don't Suck. So you you know from the title, that's a vampire movie. It's got Jamie Kennedy as a like struggling comedian. 
Um, yep, plays a washed up veteran comedian who must find an opener for his upcoming comedy tour. Pete is introduced to Ethan by his girlfriend, Stephanie, who convinces him to take this young comedian on tour as the opener. Things start to get wacky when Pete finds out that Ethan is a vampire and their tour goes from cheap motels, morning DJs, dive bars and diners to opening up for the Russell Peters special in Vegas. All while Ethan and Pete attempt to bridge the gap between being real and exploiting his vamp- vampirism. And this trailer looked really fun. I I wasn't sure because I'm kind of here and there on my feelings about Jamie Kennedy and his comedy. But the <laughs> once I got into this, I was like, this this looks like a fun a fun little ride, a fun little buddy comedy horror situation. I am amazed. Like Russell Peters is legitimately like one of the biggest comedians in the world. <laughs> like not like I mean like he does fairly well in the states, but I mean like legitimately like sells out arenas all over the world. Like I mean he's Canadian. Um mm-hmm. and just uh, and I mean, there's obviously a, a, a little bit of carrot top in there. Yeah, I was um, just gonna say, let's not forget the real life horror that is carrot top showing up in the trailer a couple of times. Um, I mean, I'm sure this is gonna be kind of dumb, but like, oh, for sure, like the comedy that they have in like the bits of stand up they have in the trailer, like work, like they're mm-hmm. actually funny. Um. Which, uh, you know, I'm like, okay. Yeah, and this guy playing Ethan the Vampire, Matt Reif, and I apologize, I didn't do any work to find out if he's been in other things, is like a really traditional, beautiful vampire. Like, his face is just made to be a beautiful vampire or a soap star. Yeah, uh, I know he's done some stand-up and stuff like that, and he's been on shows. Like, he was on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, he was on uh, Fresh Off the Boat. Uh, I'm not really familiar with like his comedy work, but I mean, uh, really good deadpan. Yeah, yeah. This could be a fun one. I'm looking forward to this. I hope we get release information soon. Yeah. Speaking of movies, uh, I am looking forward to. Um, they announced that uh, Shutter's next original horror movie is Spoonful of Sugar, um, which is coming to Shutter on March second. Uh, it's directed by Mercedes Bryce Morgan, and in the film, a disturbed babysitter experiences a sexual awakening while using LSD to alternatively treat a seemingly quote unquote sick child from a family with dark secrets of their own. Um. It's a movie. Oh man, like this trailer, like there's a lot of LSD. Like there, like it she's and this is a horny trailer. It's of like and I've talked to like I've seen like a lot of reactions and like everybody's just like this movie looks horny as hell. And uh the people who have seen it are like, oh no, it's really and it's just uh I mean, like I'm a sucker for anything that's psychedelic and weird, but mm-hmm. like, this is like legitimately psychedelic. Um looks crazy um yeah yeah this uh, is gonna come to the top of my watch list because it it looks i don't know maybe kind of witchy which is is always something that'll get me although i i don't think it is witchy but then also like there's more than meets the eye with this sick kid i'm guessing moonchausen by proxy like that's always like anytime it's like oh is the kid really sick i'm like oh yeah i mean like i've 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 seen those movies yeah for sure i've seen those documentaries yeah i was just gonna say those uh based on a true story lifetime movies uh yeah but uh looking forward to it speaking of psychedelic and weird in theaters later this year is all we know moon garden which and i say this in the best possible way looks to me like a music video for an alt-rock band in the mid 90s like uh, Dead Central describes it as a mix between Pan's Labyrinth and Mad God, which I get, but it also has very like tool video vibes. <laughs> that was exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. So here's the synopsis. Five-year-old Emma's life teeters between happy moments and intense parental conflict. Comatose after an accident at home, Emma is propelled into a journey through an industrial wonderland, encountering various strange and visually intriguing figures and situations inspired by her imagination. On her way back to consciousness. Shot on expired 35mm film stock with vintage lenses and utilizing stop motion animation, practical effects, and miniatures, Moon Garden is a meticulously constructed, lush, dark fantasy oddity. So if they don't pull this off, that last sentence is the most pretentious sentence I've ever read. If they do pull it off, it's genius. 
yeah uh watching this i was just like well this looks amazing and then it literally that trailer made me cry like hard cry i was just like oh this is gonna be like an emotionally like wreck wrecking movie like yeah. I mean, much like pan's labyrinth yeah <laughs> i'm just like and that kid oh man like i I hope they I hope there was a lot of aftercare for that kid because it looks like... Yeah, it looks good. And when you see her crying in the trailer, it looks like she's really crying and kids often aren't that good of actors. So Yeah. Uh man, it just looks so cool. Yeah, it looks really trippy and magical, scary magical. And I I hate that we don't know when it's coming. Why why are all these later this year or sometime? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I trying to make sure they don't compete against something, I guess. I guess. Uh in a uh totally opposite direction uh is director Yoko Akamura's uh upcoming Bloomhouse thriller Unseen, um, in which two women form an unlikely connection when a depressed gas station clerk, Sam, receives a call from Emily, a nearly blind woman who is running from her murderous ex in the woods. Emily must survive the ordeal with Sam being her eyes from afar using video call. Uh, this has very big, I don't know, the, it, it, it's got like that crazy intense energy uh, that like a lot of movies seem to have brought where it just feels like, like it's just go, go, go. Yeah, it looks, yeah, very fast paced, very, I don't know, it looks it's an interesting premise and it looks fun. I wonder how they're going to make me believe that you can guide someone out of the forest through FaceTime, but <laughs> we'll see. Maybe. I know it's, I love the idea though, that it's like, it's kind of a way to do something that's found footage E or mm -hmm. you know, like a, like a stream kind of movie, but in a, it's, it's a, it's a new concept, which, you know, like I'm always down for. Uh, yeah. And it's a cool way to address the ever-present problem of cell phones in horror movies like they either ruin it or you have to incorporate them in a special way so it's a new way to address plus the minute i saw missy pile show up in the trailer i was like okay oh as as a as a uh bitch on wheels uh, yes which is uh something it's where she, she shines <laughs> so well um unseen uh will hit digital on march 7th and then uh will be on mgm plus in may Ooh, cool next up you know another thing people seem obsessed with lately portraits this is the portrait i think everybody's trying to do a dorian gray thing in a different way but um this one looks pretty good it let me get to the synopsis. Okay. After her husband is devastated by a tragic accident, a devoted wife obsesses over a mysterious portrait that resembles him as he was. But when it starts to terrorize her, she must decide if it's possessed or if she's losing her mind. And the cast on this is interesting. It's got Ryan Quanton, who we saw in Glorious. It's got Virginia Madsen, Mark Paul Gossler. <laughs> it's it, I don't know. The trailer itself didn't do much for me, but the stars in it got me excited. And Virginia so, Madsen. Yeah. Like, I saw her and I was like, okay, well, this could be better than, I mean, it's not that it looked bad. It was just like, oh, okay. I don't know. Another movie about a painting. Yeah. I I don't know. Like, there's the last scene in it where, like, the, the, the painting, like, kind of comes alive. I can... I, I, enjoyed that as a good like jump scare and also the special yeah. effects but yeah this is one uh, every i mean i bring this up every time there's like a thing where it's like is it in their mind or is it real i'm like mm -hmm. don't tell me like by the end yeah. of it, like, i just want it don't don't answer that question um because it's always so much more fun <laughs> but then there's also a moment in it where someone says our family always comes back even when they don't want it to so it's like maybe a reincarnation story or not i don't know Maybe they're witches. Again, I'm just going to... Everything's witches until you tell me otherwise. Fair. Fair. Yeah. Fair. And this is another one with no release information. So mm -hmm. we'll, we'll tell you when we know, if we remember to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> if we find out. Uh, something we do have a release date for is the uh, slasher thriller Hunter Kill Her from uh, the new company... Um, 
welcome villain films um and it's hitting theaters on march 3rd um and the film stars a uh from uh ryan Thiessen and greg swinson uh two directors uh the film follows a night shift janitor during her first night on the job who finds herself in an unexpected fight for survival when she becomes the target for sinister masked intruders uh, as their disturbing motives become clearer, she must use her crafty instincts and barbaric violence to make it through the night alive. I have actually seen this movie and I didn't realize it Oh, until, because I was, they changed the name. It was originally called Night Shift and it played at Chattanooga Festival. And my way when I see these articles and news bits with trailers is to just scroll down to the trailer and then read the article after. And so I just click on the trailer and I'm like, Wait, I know I've seen this isn't new. I've seen this. It is new because it was a festival thing, but it took me a second to shift my mind back to that. But it is pretty fun. Like it, the acting, yeah, a little here and there, but the story and the kills and stuff is a pretty fun one. I think well, people will enjoy this. Uh, yeah. Welcome Villain um, started, what was it, last year? Um, and they did a reimagining of last uh last shift um i don't know it looks interesting um yeah. i'm not like 100 like into it or not but um i am excited like hunter killer uh they're supposed like i don't know it's it's interesting i guess i kind of hate that name change i don't think night shift was a great name either but hunter kill her uh eh. Yeah. But what can you do? All right. Next up, done with trailers, on to news. There, I think we already had heard that there was going to be another I Know What You Did Last Summer sequel, and Jennifer Love Hewitt and Freddie Prince Jr. have signed on for it. That's, you know, we don't know a whole lot yet about the plot, but it's very exciting. We have not, um, you know, gotten to see them together. It's going to be a real 90s revival. I think everybody got excited about how well scream did bringing back people and are like let's do that so i'm here for it i like I those have, two i have really uh i keep meaning to go back and do a rewatch of both of the 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 i know what you did last summer and i still know what you did last summer like I've, i keep mm-hmm. meaning to go back and rewatch those and as well as the urban legends movies or urban least- legend was so good i don't know that i ever saw the sequels but i loved the just urban legend and I liked I Know What You Did Last Summer, too. I yeah, like, I mean, I remember enjoying them, but I don't think I've seen either of them in at least 10, if not, like, since they probably came out, like, on video. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean on DVD. I mean, like, on video. Yeah, on VHS. Uh, on VHS. But, uh, yeah, I'm kind of excited. I'm excited for this. Um, I, I like the idea of meeting in the middle uh, with, like, not necessarily a, a remake or you know anything you know reboot requel whatever you want to call it yeah yeah um they're fun (laughs) they call Um, it a spiritual sequel yes um but yeah i mean like i think that news is great um i'm happy i wish they'd bring back ryan philippi too i think he might have died and i can't it's been so long since i've seen it but i bet he died and that's why he can't come back yeah um i'm glad like freddie prince jr seems to be doing a lot more work nowadays which is Mm -hmm. cool yeah and Jennifer Love Hewitt's always been working, so good for her. Yeah, and they're both delightful. Yes. Uh, Vinegar Syndrome, um, the Blu-ray reissue label, announced uh, that they are uh, putting together a publishing wing. Um, and they are starting with the acquisition of Ebon Press. Um even Ivan, I can't remember. I can never remember how to pronounce this. Uh, anyhow, uh, they are the, like that uh, comic company put out a bunch of adaptations of horror movies like Lucio Fulci Zombie and Maniac, and like 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 continuations of various like Fulci movies and stuff. Very splattery. Uh, it's sort of like a very high like color <laughs> like. Nice. like version of like those comics that came out in the early like splatterpunk comics that came out in the early 90s um and the ebon stuff was always really cool because they would put out like they would throw in like a ton of extras with their issues like i've got a couple that have like five inch vinyl records that came with them um it's it's an interesting start because like even like kind of like was having financial issues last year and was like well we're done 
And so it's, it's good that like they've now, been saved, pulled from the fire. Yeah, I think it'll get it to a wider audience. That's for sure. Um, yeah, definitely. So uh, I, I think it's interesting and fun. And they're going to also work on comic adaptations and novelizations of some of your favorite films in the Vinegar Syndrome catalog. Um, Exciting. I the possibilities know. are endless. <laughs> uh, there have been uh, Severin has done some really great like adaptation. Like they've done novelizations for movies, including like I like like in their original like they're not like reissuing stuff they're like commissioning new novelizations based on like obscure movies and i'm mm -hmm. just like i love it i think it's great um i think it ties in with like what encyclopocalypse productions are doing where they're putting out like uh reissuing novelizations of books that you haven't been able to find for like 30 years so uh I, i'm here for more people reading yay reading Yay, reading. Let's all get our book it pins out. We should design a horror book it pin, I say, as two people without design skills. Correct. <laughs> we should get someone to design a horror book it pin for us. Okay, next up, and our last bit of news. Screen posters. You want them? We've got them. The internet has them. They're everywhere. There's new ones. Um, a couple that we found. One specifically advertising that Scream will be in Dolby. As if that's not standard. That's a thing. And Scream will be in 3D. How do you feel about Scream being in 3D, Nick? Uh, it's the real 3D, which can make movies look real murky. Uh, mm -hmm. I feel like a horror movie, uh, maybe not the best thing. Yeah, already uh, being kind of dark, probably. Yeah. yeah, there, uh, there is also a poster, uh, that I did not share, but uh, because I saw it too late. But there is a 4DX poster which is oh that's when the seats do stuff right yeah like where the seats vibrate there's like air blast and stuff like that i saw um like i've never seen like a full film but i saw something like that at um the field museum in chicago um where like mm -hmm. you got poked in the back when like there was like electricity and stuff like that it's kind of fun for like a 20 minute thing i cannot imagine sitting through an hour like i would just i would be touched out like within 20 minutes of like all right i'm yeah I know a friend of mine accidentally got 4D <laughs> tickets to like a, some action movie I can't remember and was like, it was so stressful and annoying. <laughs> I haven't done it, but it does seem like it would get old. Like, I don't need my seat to move and rumble and all that. That's too much. Um, but yeah. I probably don't um, need 3D either. I do like all of the different interpretations of the um, mask that mm -hmm. in all of these. Um, it looks they all look pretty cool they're fun posters um i do love the uh tagline for uh scream six which is new york new rules oh that's a good one it's i'm just like ooh, it's punchy it's short i like it yeah been to Denmark, which is really weird because my mum is Danish. Wait, you live with your mum? Oh, yeah, back in London. Oh, Mindy, just kidding. Uh, this is Maya. Hey. Hannah. I just moved here. I was just wondering if you have any books on, like, um, how to do, like, um, like, Jewish stuff. Here we are. Sutra Akra. Means the other side. It's not Jewish superstition. Can't leave a book open or like a demon might read it and learn from it and use the knowledge for evil. Have you ever heard of the Kabbalah? Yeah, sure, like the the Madonna thing, right? Okay. For six dimensions, I can help you to tell out that. I can open a new. It's difficult. Den beskytter mod dæmoner. Okay. Det var for sjovt. Okay. I've never been in anything like this. Serious. She's a very troubled woman. I have everything under control. Just the way I like it.
now it is time for our feature presentation, uh, where we are going to be talking about Attachment, directed by Gabriel Beer Gislason. In Attachment, Maya, a Danish has-been actress, falls in love with Leah, an academic from London. After Leah suffers from a mysterious seizure, Maya returns with her to her childhood home. There she meets Leah's overbearing mother, Hannah, a woman who could hold dark secrets. This uh, this description really buries the lead, which yeah. is that this is Jewish horror. Yeah. And there's been a real surge of it lately, and I am into it as a person who knows so little really about Jewish faith and, and their demon. I think it's just, a you know, new, fresh demons and stuff to be scared of. I what's what I really what I really liked about attachment like once I you know you get into it and everything is the idea that it explores like different cultures assimilating to different cultures uh mm-hmm. like queer love like uh it's yeah the, the and also screen. like losing your whole sense of self to protect the person you love mm-hmm. kind of you know like that, you know, that's a real thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it is a movie where like that summary really does not sort of capture like the fullness of attachment. Like it mm-hmm. um, it is part of uh, in addition to like uh, Jewish horror as opposed to, you know, folk horror uh, or, you know, like various, you know, Christian themed yeah. movies. Uh, the the thing that it does it are like a series of movies that have been coming out more and more lately where you're just like this is not just a horror movie it's also like a really good like family relationship drama mm-hmm. uh, so like hereditary you know where it's just like yeah. some of the more terrifying parts are not the supernatural ones they are like the real deal shit yeah yeah and in this one so much of it is about like hannah doesn't seem to like maya why is it because this is a lesbian relationship is it because you're taking away her daughter we don't know but it's like an intense tension of like how do i get this person's mother to like me what am i doing wrong she's made her a bowl of soup and no soup for me (laughs) you know and, and you know when it comes down to it it's not about any of that you don't know that until like i don't know 20 30 minutes till the end um and also it the it's you know it's an independent movie so small cast and all Mm -hmm. of that but uh you know singular location um but all of the actors in this movie like make these real people like it is not Mm -hmm. there is no uh caricatures like you would think you know there's a there's you know there's there's a trope of you know it's like oh they're two lesbians and they're moving in together like after they barely yeah. know each other oh yeah. uh somebody somebody referred to it uh as uh the first ever u-haul horror um <laughs> and but like everybody's everybody's like interactions and relationships they all feel so real and uh like i was i was not expected to be as emotionally sucked into this movie as i was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it, it does also serve as a cautionary tale for moving in too soon regardless <laughs> of your you know relationship to you know even a roommate don't move it you know get to know him a little bit usually is a good idea but but yeah definitely moving in too soon and especially when someone's mom also lives there give it a little more time get to know him a little bit well, in, in like, then you have like the whole aspect of the the fact that Maya has lost her parents, and mm-hmm. so like there's you could almost frame it as a sense of jealousy um, that that she has uh, regarding Leah. Like, I mean, because mm-hmm. like Anna, like Hannah's like very devoted to her daughter and taking care of her. Um, you know, and it also might be like that's doubly why it's important for this for Hana to like me because I would like another mom you know like I need some, I kind of want someone to fill that role and she seems so good at it it's uh and I mean then in addition to all of that like the various um 
like aspects of sort of um orthodox judaism that mm-hmm. uh, work their way in and the fact that this movie is in multiple languages um mm-hmm. that switches back and forth like everywhere. yeah seamlessly and the um, only language that isn't subtitled is when they're speaking yiddish i don't know yeah. what is is that okay so when they're speaking danish or english those are both subtitled but we're never meant to know i think unless unless you speak it what they're saying interesting here's the weird thing right so like all and i think this came up with a, another movie we we watched for the show where the version i watched was the screener version mm-hmm. uh uh not the 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 actual streaming on shutter version and in the streaming version everything is subtitled oh like, it's like even the english um yeah so on shutter the get, english is subtitled but you do get the yiddish so you do see what lev is saying like uh case in point like when uh like he he um gets uh maya like out of his shop like because of the you know the books he's showing her and everything and like says something in yiddish okay you're right that is subtitled there are little parts where it's not subtitled i think because you're now that you say that you're right that part but there are certain parts that like they're saying things and it wasn't subtitled and it was only for the yiddish parts unless i'm just crazy but i'm i'm pretty sure I'm fairly sure it's Yiddish. If it's actually Hebrew, please correct us. Yeah, we're we're so sorry. We don't mean <laughs> to be insensitive about that. Um, but it's it's really excellent because I think it it uses like those parts to really sort of explain certain parts of Jewish culture, like the like Kabbalah. It's like that's the. It's like no, it's not. You know, it's like no, that's not the Madonna thing. A dibuk is not a ghost. Um, yeah book <laughs> yeah yeah Maya keeps going so a ghost and he's like no it's it's different it's different yeah, uh, yeah. I also the speaking of the bookstore that's one of my favorite kind of you see it in more than just horror movies it's one of my favorite movie tropes is I've stumbled into a bookstore filled with information with someone <laughs> so freely willing to give it I love it <laughs> Yeah, obviously, like a book, like, and I love the fact that, like, in every horror movie, it's obviously a bookstore that does not get a lot of traffic, and that the person is just like, yeah, oh, oh I would yeah. love to talk about this stuff. Like, and you just happen to have stumbled in for their exact, very specific expertise. <laughs> absolutely, like, yeah, the of course, the owner of this bookstore is like very involved in, in you know the various mystic parts uh like, what an amazing coincidence <laughs> oh and he's her uncle oh my god small, small world. world yeah <laughs> uh it uh, the it's so funny is because like i know like uh david denchik uh who plays lev the the uncle and the bookstore owner and like ellie kendrick uh have very good filmographies i'm not really familiar with either of their work and and mm-hmm. uh so we uh grabble uh as well like i'm just like i i know you all have done things but they're not things that i watch so yeah yeah but they're all like again all of the acting is, is great there's no like one note performance like there's mm-hmm. every every character has nuance and actual rationale behind their behavior yeah, and with like, you know, we really only kind of get a crumb of backstory here and there, but the characters still feel full and developed and you understand who they are and what motivates them. I don't know the magic of the writing on that, but they manage to ma- help you understand the character without giving too much of their backstory that's not needed. And it's um legitimately this is i don't think this is spoilery uh it you don't really get any pure horror elements really until like the last like 15 20 minutes of the movie for the most part mm-hmm. it is a lot of um like things in the dark and weird yeah. And, and, yeah and uh that so i really i like the fact that like it it leans into those performances and the interactions between the characters to really like set up. Um, it gives the ending emotional stakes. Mm-hmm. Like without it would have seemed just like, Oh, we're doing this again. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it builds that um, the tension through the spookiness. Like you don't know what's going on and maybe 
maybe nothing. Maybe it's just Hana's just kind of kooky, you know, or maybe it's not. So you have that whole tension that builds up. So when you get to that end that maybe otherwise wouldn't be very scary, it is very scary because you see all the things that led up to the discovery of what's actually going on. And it also gives like what the way the film resolves, it gives it like the it's it's earned the um like uh, tugging at your heartstrings that it's trying to do um, mm-hmm. and, and does do but it's mm-hmm. not uh it's not like oh well i mean i know we're supposed to care about these characters but they've spent you know they haven't done anything to earn this but no it's it's 100 earned yeah yeah and you know because they do move so fast in their relationship you could easily be like who cares if it doesn't work out? You know, they barely know each other, but they build it so quickly and it works out in a way that you like, you do want, you do want them to make it. You want them to, you know, have this continue and this love. And so, you know, you, when you get to the end, you're like, well, I don't want this terrifying thing to happen, but I also, you know, I want this to work out. I want this relationship to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Attachment. Uh, do recommend. Yeah, it's a good one, guys. You're you're gonna like it. Yeah. Um, we we watched because it is Valentine's Day, and Shutter has uh several new um like sort of relationship horrors. Yeah. Uh, we both also caught uh Emily Hagen's uh Sorry about the demon. A whole different vibe. A whole a different. <laughs> but uh, uh, similar in that it is essentially a rom-com with horror elements mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. much like attachment is a uh like a romantic drama uh yeah, rom-drom rom-drom <laughs> um yeah you know it's so funny it wasn't until like i finished watching it i was like ah, man where do i know the 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 lead uh who plays will i was like oh he's from the first he's from the opening bit of care package yeah which yeah is i didn't know that either until i games. i went in and was like well who are these people oh okay yeah oh, yeah uh, <clears throat> the plot by the way is a young man struggling with a broken heart learns that his new place is full of restless spirits um which it, is also just a super short synopsis for a lot that's going on in the movie there's a lot going on in this uh it is very uh it is funny it is awkward um if mm-hmm. you if, if you liked Emily Hagen's uh the the cold open bit from Scare Package with John Michael Simpson. I think this will be totally your vibe. Uh, mm-hmm. like it's it's playing with the haunted house trope much in the same way that that bit played with the um the slasher tropes. Um it's a little long. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was maybe 20 minutes longer than it needed to be occasionally like that sort of like looseness lets them riff sometimes they're more successful than others mm-hmm. um but uh I, I a lot of these successes due to the fact that like john michael simpson as as our lead will is just really really solid um and uh so is uh olivia Ducan who plays uh amy um the mm-hmm. of will's best friend patrick um, and she is, she's kind of my favorite character in the movie. Like when she shows, it gets, it goes from being like, kind of like, oh, this is, this is, you know, a fine time to like, oh, this is actually fun now. Yeah. Yeah. She absolutely brings the fun by being not what you expect her to be. And then you're like, oh, okay. It just gets sillier in a good way. I mean, it starts. So like the synopsis doesn't tell you much, but it starts with a family discovering that there's a demon in their house that wants to sacrifice. So their solution is to rent the house out to someone that the demon can have. And, you know, at the same time, our main characters are breaking up and, and, uh, what's his, what's this character name in the movie? Uh, Will, Will, um, has to find a new place to live. So he's like, sure, this place is great. And, and turns out the demon doesn't want him, <laughs> which is hilarious. That's a hilarious premise. Like not that- only did you break up, but even this demon doesn't want you. <laughs> That's kind of my favorite part about it. <laughs> yeah. It's just the... The, 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 the demon's wait, like, what? pass. <laughs> wait, no, no. Um, 
yeah it's 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 silly it's it, like i watched it on a saturday afternoon after eating a bunch of indian food and that's kind of like the this is a good like lazy weekend afternoon movie where mm-hmm. you know you're you're not like this is not meant to be the main focus of your day yeah yeah this is just a silly good time you could get together with friends and watch this or you know i watched it with rob and it was we watched it the night after we watched something that i actually completely hated so i was like this can only be better and you know start with a low bar it definitely hopped that bar and then some yeah and uh it's very um it kind of reminds me of uh did you ever see hell baby yes that was the one it was it had like Keegan michael key and and rob cordry yeah yes um yeah that movie came out 10 years ago holy shit um but yeah, it's directed by uh, Robert Ben Grant and Thomas Lennon. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. So it has very Reno 911 state vibes. Yes. Um, and yeah, it's kind of like that where it's like if if just being not full-blown absurdist, but just like kind of lowbrow, kind of silly, mm-hmm. 100% like just like a fun time where you just you, there are no big laughs but you definitely kind of giggle through the whole thing yeah yes exactly that's a perfect description but uh yeah that it's it, it's a fun uh contrast uh mm-hmm. to to uh attachment like if you want to watch yeah. something it's a little less emotional stakes yes yeah i don't know that i would double feature the two but they <laughs> definitely are for two different vibes but depending on what you're going for for the evening <laughs> they're both on shutter so yep. check them out yeah what else do you recommend i think we did our recommend recommendations based on attachment so what do you have uh based on attachment um the the two movies i i suggested uh one is <laughs> i think the oldest movie i've ever recommended <laughs> by a long shot uh and it is a, a 1920 uh film uh called the golem how he came into the world uh the golem how he came into the world is like the third movie of uh like a trilogy and like the first one is mostly lost because they're like silent films and everything Mm -hmm. uh but it's uh like the story of the golem does uh golem not golem sorry the golem uh pops up up in uh attachment and it's uh about a, a a creature that is created in the warsaw ghetto uh to protect um the the jews who live there and it's really great you can find it on sorry you can find it on youtube uh in a really nice format with a really good score um that's a very good introduction to like uh films with uh like jewish themes that are also like sort of fantasy horror uh and the other one is a uh possession movie uh from 2018 called lose um that's uh from uh tillman singer uh it's a german film uh that i when it first came out i really 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 enjoyed it uh and as a matter of fact it's so good that the company yellow veil pictures was formed to put this movie out wow uh and they put out a bunch of stuff and you can find lose on tubi i still need to see that one it played at panic fest and it was one that i couldn't make it to that year it's so good it's it and it fits in that sort of vein where because it's like one location um, all set in a police station. Highly recommend. Nice. What do you got? I got a couple of other Jewish horrors for us. Um, the first one is The Vigil, which mm-hmm. IMDb says came out in 2019, but I don't think you could actually watch it till 2020. Uh, it's on Hulu right now. So The Vigil is a man, an Orthodox Jewish man is kind of stepping away from the religion, having a hard time getting into the non-Jewish world and takes a job to... Um, sit with a dead body overnight because that's the Jewish tra- Jewish tradition to make sure that the, I guess, demons don't get it. But uh, too late, this guy already had one. And I believe it was also a debuk if, debuk, if I remember correctly. And, you know, it's just guy in a room for the most part. And it is terrifying. And the lead actor in that one, uh, Dave Davis, it does such a good job, like carrying that whole film and it's genuinely scary. It's actually one of the first movies I ever reviewed in my, you know, online contributing. So it was nerve wracking, but I liked it so much that I was glad I got to do it. And the other one 
is 2022's The Offering, which is kind of similar, but in this case, a man and his wife go home to visit his father, who is a Orthodox Jewish funeral direct, not director. I mean, he does the whole thing. He does, you know, the start to finish funeral stuff. So there's a morgue and all that in the basement. And, uh, you know, that goes badly. And that gets really scary too. It's not quite as good as the vigil, but it is good and it's really spooky. Check all of those out. What would you recommend for a good, like maybe another funny horror or something maybe romantic where like things turn out well? Well, my other my my favorite romantic horror is that it's not funny per se, but it is uh 2019's After Midnight, directed by Jerry. Jeremy Gardner and written by Jeremy Gardner and starring Jeremy Gardner as he likes to do. Um, you know, the whole movie is largely um, Jeremy Gardner and Brea Grant, the two stars. They were a couple, they broke up. Well, they didn't break up. She just leaves, you know, for a while. And it's him alone in his house in the country trying to figure out how to get her back, what to do. At the same time, weird shit is happening outside. Maybe it's like a jaguar or something. Maybe it's, maybe it's aliens he doesn't know he doesn't know what it is and we don't know as the audience is it in his head or is it real and so you know the whole time it's mostly just this sad guy sadding around until until you know the girl comes back and his friends are worried and and then it all ends with a bang have you seen that one yes actually what's funny is i i've talked to jeremy gardner and bria grant in like separate interviews unrelated to that film um but both (laughs) <laughs> to both of them mentioned there is a there is a uh monologue like it's like an yes. eight minute unbroken single shot monologue that bria grant gives that is amazing it is like, brilliant it is, it is like a top five all-timer performance for me where it's just yeah. like you could anybody who's been in a relationship or like one person is like not quite pulling their emotional weight um will either um like recognize the emotion behind it or uh, feel the emotion being directed. Um, yeah. If you took out the what is going on outside aspect of this movie, it would just be like a brilliant independent romantic drama that like people would champion. Yeah. And I don't know if enough horror people champion it because even when you put that in, like when when it finally when we finally find out if he's imagining it or not, it's like it's wild. It's yeah. a wild ending. It's oh yeah, it's so good. Uh, and I'm always curious to know how much they paid for that Lisa Loeb song. <laughs> God, I forgot about that. <laughs> Got to be the bulk of the budget. <laughs> yes. Um, I would like to uh recommend is sort of like a, a a romantic film that also has Jeremy Gardner in it. Oh. Uh, is uh Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead Spring. Um which is uh like if you've it's a uh, lovecraftian romance um let's put it that way like uh it's i think it is the first benson and moorhead movie i saw and it's just it's so good it looks amazing um the soundtrack is just super lush the performances are great it's kind of like it's very much like sort of a, a before sunrise but for horror fans, um, oh, I need to go back and rewatch that. It's so good. It's worth noting that Benson and Moorhead are producers on After Midnight, and Justin Benson is in it as well. I mean, obviously, these guys know what they're doing with romance and monsters in a way that seems unexpected. Yes, yes, um, yeah. Go check all of those movies out. Like even even like they're they're all super worth watching. For sure. That's it. Now time for I'll Be Right Back. What do you have coming up, Nick? Well, I actually have something horror-related going on this week, uh, in addition to my usual uh, just weekly BS. Uh, Tomorrow night, um, 
on the 13th, uh, we are going to go see uh, My Bloody Valentine on the big screen. Uh, Regal is offering it, and uh, I can't, I couldn't make it to the Friday Night Fright screening uh, in, at Screenland. And so uh, my wife has never seen it. Uh, it's been a minute since I've watched it, and I would like to see it. Like, I always love getting a chance to see something on the big screen. And I love the fact that they're doing My Bloody Valentine for like a Valentine's Day themed screening. Uh, nice. So there's that. Uh, I still have, I bought Grady Hendrix's new book, uh, How to Sell a Haunted House, uh, mm-hmm. uh, two weeks ago. Uh, and it has been sitting on my uh, dining room table, uh, still in the bag from the bookstore. Uh, and I need to get started on that. And so that is my my goal. Uh, that is my reward for meeting some uh, <laughs> deadlines on which I am behind. Also, fun nice. fact, if you buy it at the Raven in Lawrence, Kansas, uh, they are signed uh, by Grady and come wow. with a little illustration. Um and I think that's adorable and wonderful. Okay, well, I was going to hold off buying it because I have so many unread books already, but now I have to. Yeah. Uh, what do you got going on? I don't have a lot. I am trying to watch The Last of Us, mm-hmm. which is very difficult for me because it is my worst nightmare and fungus is disgusting. And and also all these episodes are super emotional so i have to watch them very slowly i cannot i didn't start when everybody else started i know they're releasing them weekly but i had i have to catch up but i can't binge them because it's a little too much for for my sensitivities you know my worst my worst fears i can watch people get like beheaded and stuff but as soon as a fungus starts coming out of somebody's mouth i'm out i hate it but i like the show i don't hate the show i love hate it i love hate what they've done (laughs) <laughs> it's like it's so wonderful i can't handle this it's absolutely terrifying please just kill me immediately if this ever happens in real life do yeah, not there, want to survive <laughs> there's a lot of weird fungusy horror stuff that's come out in the last few years like the last of us or uh, clay mcleod chapman's uh the ghost eaters or um stuff like that and it's all just mm-hmm. like, oh it seems plausible too plausible i actually just tweeted today which will be several days past after you hear this but you know as we've discussed my worst horror trope fear is unchecked viral pandemic leading to post-apocalyptic hellscape but my other worst horror fear is aliens and now there's all these ufos probably aren't aliens they're probably just a distraction but it's just like i don't know bring it on at this point let's just do it let's knock them all out (laughs) Uh, yeah like all right like we're just we're just gonna do like a top ten list all at once. Cool, fine. Yeah, let's just mark them down. Everybody write down their worst fears, and we're gonna live through them. We're gonna we're gonna do this together. Yeah, it's uh, immersion therapy. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna come out so strong, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we've got stickers. Email us at carnagereportpod at gmail.com. If you'd like one, we'll give you an address to which you can send a self-addressed into envelope. And when we get it, we'll slap a sticker in it and give it, send it back to you. I'm also trying to be much better about carrying stickers on my person. So if you see me too. and about, um, I'll give you a sticker. And I recently gave one to a business to stick Ooh. following Nick's lead. And it was a Lawrence business that I don't think you'd gotten to yet, which is 1313 Mockingbird Lane. Nice. Um, as always, thanks for listening to the Carnage Report. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Report Carnage. As mentioned, you can reach us via email at carnagereport at gmail.com. And we would love to hear your suggestions or thoughts or anything you want to talk to us about horror related. Um, tell us your worst dates. Tell us your worst nightmares. Let's get into it. <laughs> Work this out together. Yeah. Uh- all music featured in this episode is by my brother, Steve Spacek, who you can find on Instagram at Starling Woodworks and at nodder.bandcamp.com. Julie, where can they find you on socials? I am Dark Humor Girl everywhere you're looking for me, mostly Twitter and Instagram. And you can find my writing at modernhorrors.com and downrightcreepy.com. How about you, Nick? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nuthouse Punks. You can find me on Instagram at Nick Laus Mouse. Uh, you can find my writing at The Pitch Kansas City, uh, as well as in various publications throughout Lawrence, as well as Starburst Magazine with a new uh, issue forthcoming in late February, early March, uh, mm-hmm. and hopefully a newly designed website to go with that. So Nice. All right. You know, we've already told you how much we love Benson and Moorhead. 
So let's tell you what we're bringing you next week when we talk about Something in the Dirt, which is now streaming on Hulu. What's it about? Uh, when neighbors John and Levi witness supernatural events in their Los Angeles apartment building, they realize documenting the paranormal can inject some fame and fortune into their wasted lives. An ever deeper, darker rabbit hole, their friendship phrase as they uncover the dangers of the phenomena, the city, and each other. That feels like too much of a synopsis as opposed to the barely synopsises we've had today. <laughs> uh, and it still doesn't even cover... 50% of what that movie brings in. Nope. Tell you all can't, about it. Yep. Can't wait to talk about it. Oh, yeah. As well as probably delving into like all of their other stuff. Mm-hmm. At least their other horror stuff. I don't think we'll get into their. Haven't they done some Marvel stuff? Yes. Yeah. I won't know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> all that and more on the next episode. Um, as always, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Bye. bye.